Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Are kids better off being educated in co-ed or same-sex schools? There's a lot of research being done into the benefits and issues with both types of education. And with issues and positives arising from both, it's a tough decision for parents staring down 13 years of their children's growth. Today, we speak to academics who break down the pros and cons of sending your kid to school with or without the opposite sex and how it could have a long-term effect on the human brain. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move, and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. Up until the 19th century, it was common practice to separate boys and girls for the duration of their education. But in Australia in 2019, there's a trend towards co-educational schooling, with more and more mixed-sex schools opening, more single-sex schools becoming co-ed, and less new boy or girl-only schools opening. The numbers suggesting single-sex schools could be a thing of the past in this country by 2035. But the question still remains right now. Do kids do better when they're placed in a single-sex school or co-ed? Recent research suggests that girls do do better when you remove boys from the classroom, that they achieve better results in maths and science, some saying that it's not so much about the distraction of having boys in the same room, but by removing the male gaze so that the girls don't focus on their appearance, allowed them to achieve in areas they were otherwise told they were weaker at, like the STEM subjects, science, technology, engineering and maths. On the other side of the gender discussion, while their academic results are good, there's discussion about the culture created in some boys-only environments, a hyper-masculinity that can turn toxic, as we've seen with the recent misogynistic chanting from a group of elite Melbourne private schoolboys. Last year, 60 Minutes looked at this subject, speaking to the principals of both a school that had recently gone co-ed in Sydney and an all-girls school in Adelaide, While the newly co-ed principal said that the kids need to live in a world that's reflective of what's outside the school gates... How can you promote diversity when you exclude half the population? Learning is a complex human experience and the richer the dialogue, the richer the cultural setting, the more diverse the opinions in the room, the better the learning. The real world starts now. 
doesn't start when you leave school or go to university, it starts now. The single sex school principal said that if you take a look at the real world, it's not always that great for women. There's actually a gender inequity in the real world. You know, we don't have equal pay, we don't have women in equal number of leadership positions as men, um, yet girls have higher educational outcomes than what boys do. So we're not trying to replicate the real world, we're trying to challenge it. Lise Elliott is a professor of neuroscience at the Chicago Medical School of Rosalind Franklin University of Medicine and Science. She says it's only been in the past decade or so that they've realised the impact of the social brain on the development of our children. Professor, what exactly is the social brain? The social brain just refers to the fact that a large portion of our brains are focused on processing information about other people. So neuroscientists used to be focused on the brain as kind of this sensory motor machine, you know, how do we walk and talk and see and hear. But increasingly, neuroscientists realize that a huge amount of our real estate is dedicated to other human beings, to recognizing faces and voices, and of course, language, and especially emotion and relationships. So, you know, now that neuroscientists become more focused on that, we're realizing also the importance of that for children's development, that uh, social interaction is really the most important form of stimulation that young children get. So when you're talking in that regard, by removing an entire gender from their day-to-day lives, what impact would that have on the brain of a child? Well, we are what we do with our brains. So if you happen to be in an environment where everybody around you is speaking English and you're a young child learning your language for the first time, I think we all realize that English is the language you're going to master. If you're around other children who are all playing with dolls and coloring and painting and dressing up in pink and sparkly things, it's pretty obvious how that will shape uh, your day-to-day activities and your interests and what you are rewarded for, namely creating beautiful things or making yourself beautiful. Whereas if you hang around other human beings who are running and tumbling and building with blocks, you'll develop uh, a different set of skills. You'll strengthen other circuits and you'll be rewarded for other ability. So it just seems obvious that the more diverse your social environment, the more diverse, not just your social skills, but your cognitive skills as well. So if we're talking about segregating children for school purposes, say they go to a single sex school for the whole 12, 13 years of their education, could that be damaging them for future interactions with other humans out in the big wide world? Well, I think damaging is a bit harsh of a word. I mean, uh, single-sex schools have been around forever, and there's a lot of very healthy graduates of them and successful graduates. But I think that we're appreciating in this day and age that we want to interact with a diverse group of other people, That especially when we get out into the workplace. Men and women need to be comfortable working side by side, and they also need to be comfortable leading each other. And so unless they have the opportunity to do that growing up, they're going to default to the cultural norm, which is namely the qualities we associate with leadership tend to be masculine qualities. And so it's only boys who've grown up around particularly strong female peers, not necessarily strong female adults, because you know classrooms have been led by adult women forever, and boys nonetheless manage to learn 
what the real leaders are when they encounter male teachers and bosses and so on. So it's really about boys and girls having the opportunity to learn from each other, lead each other, follow each other, that I think will make for a healthier workplace and also a healthier family life. Because if it's one thing that makes a strong marriage, it's mutual respect. And if all of your experience with the opposite gender comes in the form of Saturday night dances or, you know, romantic flirtations, it's not really setting the groundwork for shared responsibility and decision making and leadership. So what is the most important part when considering whether to send kids co-ed or single sex? Dr. Judith Gill from the University of South Australia's School of Education says trying to weigh up the pros and cons of school selection on that criteria is a waste of time. I don't think you can sustain that any longer. I really think the time for that sort of thinking is past. It seems to me that girls demonstrably do well in co-ed schools. Some of the ones in South Australia are absolutely shining lights. The girls are the champions in terms of academic achievement, but in terms of personal adjustment to life as well, although that's more difficult to comment on because it doesn't lend itself to testing. But certainly that's my perception. And so the boys doing better in co-ed has never really taken off. You know, sometimes that's the feeling and sometimes parents appreciate the idea that the boys can become a little bit less boisterous, less macho in a co-ed setting. But I know that on reflection, men who have survived being educated in a boys' school often admit that one of the big things that they had to confront when they left school at uni, work, whatever, was learning how to talk to girls and to see girls and women as natural human beings rather than the odd other that they felt desperately nervous about and unfamiliar with. There are good and bad in both styles of schooling. There are some excellent single-sex schools and there are some very ordinary ones. And this is true of co-ed schools as well. And so I think there are other elements that are much more impactful on student experience and the results, the outcomes of schooling than the single-sex co-ed thing. It's almost unfortunate that that's one of the easiest factors to find out about a school. Well, schools can be quite mysterious places. What actually goes on behind the classroom door or when the students are together is very difficult to gain a handle on or an impression of. And parents worry a lot about this. How will I know whether it's the right school for my son or daughter? But in fact, what they can readily identify is whether it's single sex or co-ed. And that lends, I think, more weight to be put on that factor that's perhaps not the most important thing to find out about schooling. So if I'm a parent and I'm looking at my options, how do I then make a decision if we're not discussing pros and cons of sending my child to a co-ed school as opposed to a single sex school? How do I then make a decision where to send my child? I always urge people to find out as much as they can about the atmosphere of the school, about the degree of turnover of the professionals, the the leader, the principal and the teachers, and to talk to other parents. 
But as I said, it's really hard for an incoming parent, especially, say, someone from another state, to come in and work out, well, what's a good school for my child? Often there's a lot of emphasis put on results, results at year 12. But that's not necessarily a good indicator of the child's experience right through school. So is there any benefit to choosing a same-sex school for your child? I think that what is clear over the past 30 years is that single-sex schools are on the wane, that the adoption of co-education has become more and more normalised in Australian schooling. And it's also true that our culture and our society are much less gender-divided than they were. I mean, up till the second half of the 20th century, Australian society was very divided in terms of gender. Gender determined the way in which schooling was organised, the subjects that children were exposed to learn, the curriculum was gender divided, and it, it was just a different world. Whereas nowadays, there's much more emphasis on schooling preparing kids for life in the post-school world. And I think it has to be faced that there will be boys and men who are interacting with women on a daily basis in their working lives. And they may be in charge of women. They may be responsible to women as bosses or leaders and similarly with the girls. And so there really is a real need to get that understanding as clearly and developed as possible before they leave school. So choose the best school, not whether your child will be surrounded by boys or girls or both. Or maybe a new system being tried over in the UK will also make its way here to Australia. It's not fully co-ed and it's not single sex either, but a mixture of both. The kids remaining together during their younger years and then splitting off for subjects later on in their education so that when puberty hits, it's not the focus. Their education is. This episode of The Quickie was produced by Ellie Beatty. Audio production by Ian Camilleri. For more episodes, head to mamamia.com.au forward slash the quickie. And if you'd like us to check out a new story in more depth, hit us up on email, thequickie at mamamia.com.au.